Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Time for Baldry's Beat, Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Okay, we're keeping a very close eye on the situation on Hastings Street right mm-hmm. now. So East Hastings Street currently closed between Main Street and Columbia. Transit has been rerouted. Drivers are encouraged to avoid that area. Looking at social media and some of the photos and videos have been posted online, Keith, there are like a lot of police officers down there. Yeah, and not much media because uh, we're only allowed a pool camera in there for all stations. It's not like we're going to have 20 oh. cameramen running That's around That's what the there. police put that rule down, did yeah, they? Yeah. Okay. So it's uh, I don't know what... We've got a reporter, Emily Lazatin is one of our reporters on the scene there. Uh, yeah. I hope to hear from her soon. So this has been building for some time and that leaked memo from... The city uh, a couple days ago showed that the police were poised to move in. David Eby, uh, in his leadership campaign and subsequently as premier, made this one of his top priorities was to end these these encampments. And we're starting to see that unfold this morning. Yeah, that that leaked police document look looks very accurate now yeah. in that what they were planning to do, that police were planning to go down there in very large numbers. And if there was resistance... They would continue to remove tents and structures. People would be offered shelter. And no surprise, this has been building for for years now. This is, an uh, one police officer describes this as an ongoing crime scene. I mean, there have been homicides there, murders, there's fires, there's uh, fencing of stolen property on a basically constant daily basis. So this is inevitable. This had to happen. Yeah, they pulled a dead body out of a tent down there a couple of weeks ago, and they figured maybe the the person had been dead for a couple of days. Well, and the other alarming stat was the number of women who have been sexually assaulted. Oh. In that encampment, yeah. this is extraordinary. So it, it was intolerable. Guy that- shot in the chest with a crossbow. I mean, pulling out weapons out of tents, fires. You know, the fire chief. It was almost nine months ago. The fire chief ordered everything to be taken down. But it remains so- to be seen what the next step is. Where do these people go? Yeah. How many of them have severe mental health issues, and do they simply re-encamp somewhere else? Let's listen to uh, Vince Tao here. He is one of the activists in the neighborhood who is saying they should leave the tents where they are. Have a listen. The city is escalating its violence on the individuals who most need care in this city. This is called banishment. Okay, so he says they're being banished, but, you know, you talk to authorities, talk to police, talk to city officials, say people are being offered shelter. Yeah, and some of them have refused it. So the the count we had last Sunday was 117 people living there. 70 people had agreed to take shelter. But there's 30, 40 people who are refusing to uh, take up that, that offer. And they, their argument, some of them are, well, the shelter is not a clean, hospitable place. It's a rat-infested, beetle-infested SRO. And they don't want to move there. They think it's actually safer and more sanitary to live where they live right now. And I, I can understand that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've talked to people who lived in some of these tent cities and say, why are you living here? It's because I don't want to live in that SRO. The SRO is dangerous. I don't want to go down to a shelter. You know, I got I, someone tried to stab me in a shelter. I feel safer here. SROs like, have been dangerous understand. for years. I remember covering Emery Barnes, the former beloved MLA in Vancouver Center, former Speaker of the House, former BC Lion player. Yeah. 
He, as an opposition MLA, went on welfare for a month in 1985, and I visited him every Friday in an SRO on Powell Street. It was a disgusting room, but he wanted to live on welfare. And he's six, he was 6'11". The bed was 6'4". It was beetle-infested, cockroaches. Uh, it was not a sanitary place, but he was there for a month. He had, actually had to go in a hospital at the end because he was so dehydrated and malnourished. Uh, to bring attention to low welfare rates. So those SROs have been a, a problem for decades. Yeah, and I don't think we should kid ourselves too, though, that there are people down there who are dealing drugs and they're they're hardcore oh, sure. they're hardcore criminals and fencing stolen property. Yeah, yeah, and one of the reasons why some of them might like the tents to stay and the structures to stay is because it's good for business. I used to live down there as a student in Gastown, and it was nothing like what we see today. Let's go live down to the neighborhood right now. we got Global News reporter Emily Lazatin down there. Emily, thanks for hopping on here. Hi, Rick. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing good. What are you seeing good. down there? Yeah, you know what? We knew this was coming in downtown Eastside. Right now on Columbia Street uh, near Hastings, now, they are going block by block. Uh, full force here, police officers, city crews. Um, people are... You know, they're rushing to get their stuff into bins, but at the same time, I've seen tons and tons of personal belongings uh, being thrown and chucked into the garbage can, this including tent after tent. I spoke to a, a homeless advocate today who called this cruel and inhumane uh, and, you know, just saying, where are all these people going to go? This is a full decampment. Uh, Vancouver police told me this is a full decampment happening today, block by block, but where are they all going to go. There's not enough shelter. There's not housing space for everyone here on the streets tonight. Are there, you seeing any violence or resistance down there? Anyone, anyone resisting moving? You know what? Not, uh, not at the moment. Um, thankfully, okay. uh, everybody seems to be just really working fast. I do see outreach workers here um, and they, they are working with people. Uh, but again, um, crews, are, crews are moving quickly. Um, I'm seeing them just toss Tons of items before people are even done cleaning up already into garbage trucks. And Emily, is, is the stuff that's being thrown into garbage trucks that's basically taken away from everyone that's going to be disposed of somewhere else? Uh, again, yeah. So they have everybody here. Well, not every. I shouldn't say everybody here. There are personal storage garbage bins. Um, I'm told some of it was already handed out before today, but a lot of it was handed out uh, this morning. And I'm seeing, you know, people put as much as they can. But again, you know, this area has been congested. Uh, with belongings and tents as well. And I'm not sure, you know, how city crews are approaching this as to, you know, what they can keep and or what's not going in the garbage. But right now, you know, I'm uh, watching a guy shovel a comforter into the dump truck. So, how many how many officers yeah. are down there and how many city personnel are down there? Uh, you know, I can't give you an estimate right now, but I can tell you at least uh, well over 100 officers are here. They've oh. blocked off, you know, there's there's... There's, they've blocked off all of Main Street. Uh, there's another set of officers at Columbia and then down at Carroll. So this whole area is completely blocked off right now. Emily, I know it's a super busy day for you. Thank you mm -hmm. for taking the time. Thanks, Emily. All right. Thanks so much. Okay, it's Emily Lazatin, global news reporter on the scene down there. So, yeah, very, very large police presence down there right now. That's the largest police presence I've seen in quite some time. Yeah. More than 100 officers, according to Emily, and city crews as well. Uh, so this is obviously a plan that's been devised in a matter of weeks, probably. Yeah. The finest detail to ensure minimal, well, to ensure no violence, hopefully. Uh, and right. as Emily says, no, no sign of that yet. People are just scrambling to basically get out of the way. Yeah, and one of the things that jumped out at me in her description there was 
describing the speed that they're moving along. It, it sounds like police are trying to get this done as quickly mm -hmm. as they can. Yeah. You know, so it's like ripping the, the Band-Aid off. you got to move quickly here. To get but this again, done as quickly as you can. Where are they going to go? Well, yeah. This is even the people who've been promised shelter. The shelters aren't necessarily available yet yeah. in some situations. So uh, this isn't over. Yeah, the original plan that was leaked earlier this week talked about a, a one-day operation to take down every tent and structure on, on the street, but that it could spill into like a second day. So the original plan was we try to get this done in one day. But if we can't, by the end of the well, you might have more police action tomorrow. But I know the original plan is get this done and over with. Well, it's now. quite conceivable. It gets done today, and then yeah. what happens tomorrow? Does yeah. it, do, do people come back? Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Although a number of, as Emily is reporting, many belongings are being just taken and thrown into garbage bins. Yeah. Well, hopefully people can get their stuff back, though. I mean, hopefully. you know. Yeah. Like, you know, I've seen situations down down where they do a sweep down there and they might throw stuff into a truck or whatever, but then people have the opportunity to retrieve their stuff if it's been moved. It depends what type of stuff you we're know? talking about. Is it, yeah. is it tents and blankets or is it stolen property? Okay. Go right to your phone calls here. Kevin in Vancouver. Hi, Kevin. Go ahead. Hey, I think uh, it's a great idea to start cleaning up the city, but at the same time, we do need a place for everybody. And uh, my friends and I are strong proponents. Let's get a giant farm together. Uh, get some petting zoo, little llamas, you know, a nice place to set up and, and lots of friends and family hang out. Television, all you can eat. And, and it would be good for everyone. It really would be. I don't, well, know, about, I don't know about llamas, but... Um... Well, look what they're doing in Prince George, okay? The, the city council up there said, we're setting up an official tent city that yep. is sanctioned by the, by the city and there will be security down there. And some American cities have done that. Yeah. Uh, with mixed results. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't necessarily eliminate crime uh, or bad situations happening because, again, mental health plays a big role in this. And you just suddenly put everyone behind a fence in a field somewhere doesn't necessarily answer the question here. Well, it's like the caller pointed out yes on yesterday's show that this is not just a housing this is not a housing crisis. This is like a housing crisis and a mental illness crisis mm -hmm. and a drug addiction crisis yep. Poverty, all going on all at the same time. Together. Yeah. Very all going complex. at the same time. But it's interesting to see a city council saying, you know what, we don't want these tent cities set up on our downtown, so if you want to camp, we'll let you camp, but you have to camp over here mm -hmm. where there's a security perimeter. Yep. Now, now, if you live near that camp, you're going to have a decidedly different view than city council well, yeah. about that. Yeah. Karen in Surrey. Hi, Karen. Hi, you guys. You guys are awesome. I just wanted to say we have a facility called uh, Riverview. We don't have to reopen it as it was. We can modernize it. It wouldn't take a lot of money to modernize that facility and put people there and give them the full support system within that facility. It's just ridiculous that we are allowing this to continue across Canada. And quite frankly, everybody comes to Vancouver because of our weather, right? Yep. Uh, but but in, the, in the end, we need to reopen Riverview as a modernized housing facility with the treatment centers there. They want a community. People are not going to go into apartments. I have been part of the count. I've talked to countless homeless people. They do not want to go into a, an apartment. They want mm -hmm. to be part of a community, and that's what the camps give. That's what uh, these tent cities do. But we could do that at Riverview. It doesn't take a lot of money to modernize that, and let's set an example for the rest of Canada and do something positive that way. Thank you. Well, Karen, I think we're, we're moving in that direction. It seems to be you know, you've got political leaders all on the same page here. Uh, it's just how fast are they going to move on this? Whether it's Riverview, which I don't think 
is physically capable of reopening to that degree. It's used, basically used as a film set for horror films right now. <laughs> yeah. uh, but is it the establishment of a new facility, or is it a bunch of facilities? I mean, Riverview was this massive facility where everyone in BC was put into this one area. Do you make smaller centers available in more cities across BC? That's what the Liberals are sort of proposing, is, is not just have one central area, but you know, um, decentralize but have these facilities that do have involuntary care in limited basis, but uh, involuntary care nevertheless. And the interesting thing, too, is that you've got both main political parties, as you pointed out, kind of on the same page here, roughly. I mean, David mm-hmm. Eby has, has said yep. that he's not opposed to something like this, right? So, no. and As well as the liberal leader, so. No, they've actually amended the Mental Health Act to allow nurse practitioners to um, diagnose people for involuntary care. Wow, okay. Chris and Langley. Hi, Chris, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, we're just kicking the can down the road. I'd just be interested to know how much money we've spent, uh, you know, Oppenheimer Park, Crab Park, uh, you know, Hastings. I think there was another one, and there's going to be another one. And, you know, so how much money are we spending in just perpetuating the situation where we could be investing this money into, like the last caller said, uh, River... Millions. You're spending spending millions of dollars. Yeah, and I'd like to ask, uh, you know, your your reporter said we knew this was coming because of this leaked document. I'd be interested to know how much uh, notice the people down there got uh, to, to get started, get their personal stuff out before they start coming in with the dump trucks and, and loading it into there. So I'd like to know, you know, did they just get this surprise uh, on them? Was it just yesterday they were told, like the rest of us, or were they given a week or two notice, which I believe they should have, uh, to give them some kind of, uh, uh, well, you know, I'm not sure what had happened. Given their situation, I'm not sure a week a week or two notice would make a heck of a lot of difference. Yeah. I mean, they probably found out, like we found out, through a leaked memo. Yeah, and I mean, the yeah. activists down there who And they who had to the campers, anticipate this. This was going to happen. This was not going to, it was never not going to happen. Well, especially after the document was released and the mayor and the premier, neither of them denied it. Nope. You know, they, they didn't say, he said, look, yeah, we've, this is intolerable and, situation. It's got to end. even before the document, David Eby served notice when he was running for leader and reaffirmed it when he was premier. This is going to end. Yeah. So notice had been served on everyone there some weeks ago, if yeah. not months ago. Diane in New West. Hi, Diane. Go ahead. Hi. I am very relieved that the police and the city are moving in to clear this out. I agree that there needs to be somewhere else for people to go, and it needs to be decentralized, because as long as it's all in one spot, it further marginalizes people. It doesn't allow them to move beyond their their current um, situation is. It's more dangerous for women and for people that are um, marginalized within that community. And it's going to hopefully force um, the other municipalities to come up with alternatives to support their own people that have gone into Vancouver um, to live on the street like that. Diane, thank well, you. you know, thank you. take a look at what happened at the small encampment in Vanier Park, which is in Kitsilino, which was dismantled very quickly. Mm-hmm. So there was like zero tolerance for a smaller camp to be established in a more affluent neighborhood. Yeah, right. And, yeah. You know, affluent neighborhoods are not going to tolerate these types. You're not going to see these encampments in Carisdale. Doris and Burnaby. Doris, you got 30 seconds here. Hi there. I just want to say it's about time we clean up the city. I'm not in favor of locking up these people behind fences 
but they need help. We need to treat this as a mental health issue and provide housing. We just okay. came back from New York City. That city is amazing. It's clean. You'd hardly ever see anybody begging. It's just, it was just amazing. Thank you, Doris. You got 10 seconds. Yeah, well, again, we're, we're headed towards a new model, but it's taking a long time to get there, and it's going to take a long time even so. Keith, thanks a lot. Talk to you tomorrow.